Art, in its various forms, has always been a vessel for us to explore the complexities of life and the human experience. It offers us a way to grapple with questions about ourselves and the world around us. It helps us to capture our experiences in the present and reflect on the past. It gives us a chance to look inward. But as our guest on this episode has said, the challenge is to take what lives inside us and show others, not just tell. Today, I have the privilege of sitting down with an amazing artist, Chelsea DeMonte, and hear how her view of life and mortality influence her artwork. Chelsea may surprise you as she shares about her passion for a particular style of art, but I promise you, listen carefully and you'll be sure to hear her heart and how each moment she spends putting her brush to a canvas matters. All of these moments matter because these are the moments before death. So one of the things I love about this podcast is the fact that I get to talk with people who are different from me, you know, have different experiences in life, have different stories to tell, and different jobs, different hobbies, all that sort of stuff. And, and it's fun to hear their stories about how they see the world around them. So Chelsea, I'm sure um, you have some stories to tell. I'm excited to sit down with you and just kind of learn more about how you see the world around you. You would consider yourself to be an artist of some type, right? Yeah. Yes, of some type. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we should just start from the beginning and kind of share about how you got into making art. Mm -hmm. Kind of tell us more about what you do specifically and kind of go from there. Mm -hmm. I mean, from from the start, I think it's like any kid in kindergarten, you know, you're doing finger painting and whatever. And I don't remember feeling a certain way about it back then but it was just something that I kept doing and I think in high school specifically I did a bunch of sketching um and then I don't know it just went from there and then I ended up getting pretty I guess pretty good at it to the point where going into college it seemed like the most mm, not logical because majoring in art is not very logical but <laughs> <laughs> it seemed like the most I guess the easiest thing to do because I was already into it, you know, so I chose to major in studio arts. Um, and then as an adult outside of school and everything, I think it's kind of turned into more of a, um, I don't know, like a, like a fun thing to do to get like a creative outlet going, but also like just doing it for the fun of it, not doing it to try and make money or mm -hmm. Um, even though now it's kind of turned into how can I make money doing this because, you know, time is of essence. <laughs> time is but, money, right? Yes, time is money. Yeah. yeah. Would yeah. you say that you kind of feel like you have a specific style or specific medium of art that you like to kind of invest yourself into more than others? Yeah, I think um, mostly as far as medium, like paint, like I'll do a lot of watercolor paint. Um, and then style is very, I don't know, like kind of like you said earlier, I'm not like a whimsical kind of, you know, painting landscapes <laughs> and whatnot. Um, yeah, before we started the recording, we were actually talking about this and I made some sarcastic comment about like, you don't really strike me as the type of artist who paints fairies for fun. Mm -hmm. Right. So we yeah. can get into that more for sure. Yeah. But you think me, uh, paint is painting is kind of like your, your main. Yeah. Okay. I like it all, but yeah, painting is pretty much what I end up doing most for some reason, but I mm -hmm. have a lot of paints, so mm -hmm. yeah, I just love paint. So I know before you kind of mentioned how in school 
you started to get interested in art and and had fun with it. But then yeah, as you you know grew up, you matured, you kind of realized you actually had some some skills, and you were good at it. Um, you know, and sometimes musicians or authors or artists, they um, you know they're kind of impacted by personal experiences, and that tends to kind of show up in their artwork. Would you say that there's any kind of personal experience that kind of propelled you in this direction? That's a good question. When it comes to the way that I use art as an outlet, I feel like a lot of the stuff that I make is very, it's meant, I mean, art is visual, you know, like studio art is right. visual, whereas mm -hmm. like musical art is obviously like a different kind of sensory that mm -hmm. it, that it, you know, triggers. But I think for studio art, like if it's not, interesting at least to look at then what is it you know so anything that's interesting which to me a lot of the time ends up being like kind of dark and eerie that kind of stuff okay <laughs> um which is funny because yes it's quite the opposite of fairies <laughs> um but and i don't i don't know i don't know if that's connected to a part of me that relates to like my childhood or something you know some kind of trauma that's like leaking out in the form of art but it, mm -hmm. it's just what looks captivating and cool and i can see it clearly in my brain so therefore it's easy to put mm -hmm. the stuff that you can see clearly out onto paper mm -hmm. um but yeah would you say that you have a favorite piece of art yeah um it's funny because my husband <laughs> before he was even my boyfriend um commissioned me to do like a dual painting two different pieces and i've only done the one so far but um he gave me like a general idea of what he wanted it to be like. And there was a phrase called abandon all hope you who enter here. Uh, but yeah, it's just literally like a row of skulls with like a red, kind of like a transparent red streak of paint over the skulls. And mm -hmm. then on top of that red paint is written the words. And it's got like, I don't know, like a snake kind of weaving through the skulls, <laughs> which is, I don't know, like describing it, it sounds a certain way, but I think, just with how much time it took and like how much detail and like the size of the canvas it was the most you know i guess the most planning that i had ever put into a piece before because it was for somebody else mm -hmm. um, but yeah that's probably my favorite yeah so the whole idea we, we've kind of talked about this previously but the whole idea behind the podcast is really just letting people share their stories about how um, this reality of mortality and that, that your life as it is today at some point will will cease to exist here on earth and I, I guess I'm just kind of wondering how do, how do you think that intersects with this world of art any thoughts about that in general when people are trying to have a creative outlet if you know I mean death is something that I think most people have like a negative kind of feel towards um, yeah it's not popular dinner conversation mm -mm. yeah which it's funny because it is a very common thing and it's not i'm reading a book right now called um the denial of death i believe um and so it's funny because that's kind of obviously what it's all about mm -hmm. and the, the reason as to why we fear it so much but put aside the whole death topic for a second <laughs> um the, the crossbones and skulls right <laughs> um you know, the moments of your life now, kind of think about that. And I'm just curious how that might kind of inform your painting style. Mm -hmm. Like, if we were to look at one of your paintings, mm -hmm. what would we learn about Chelsea? Mm. 
Oh man, I feel like I'm a bad artist when it comes to this kind of stuff because it's not. Wait, is there a definition of a good artist? (laughs) I mean, an artist is (laughs) your work is what it is. It's yours. Yeah. Right. Which 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 is what makes it valuable. Right. Yeah. No, I think I don't know. That is that's another interesting question. I think the way that mortality affects me when it comes to my art I feel like those are two things that are almost irrelevant with each other um I mean it's not like a conscious thing that I'm thinking of when I'm thinking of what I want to paint and what it's going to be like I think if I'm painting something I want it to be good so therefore like there's some kind of meaning behind that and if I'm wanting meaning in my paintings then that's I guess that is, I guess, the way that it's related to, you know, to how we live our life when it comes to the idea of mortality and, you know, with what's waiting at the end of it, because everybody wants to have meaning in their life, you know, Mm -hmm. so if, if meaning's lacking in anything that we do, then it's kind of a, I mean, you know, it's a worthless kind of thing. The opposite of meaning is worthlessness. Mm -hmm. Um, So when I think of my art, you know, and what it is I'm designing in my mind that I want to put onto paper on onto canvas or whatever I want it to be something that's ultimately meaningful to me because I don't care what other people think when they look at my art to be honest but if it if it means something to somebody else then you know then that's kind of I guess the ultimate goal is Mm -hmm. it to be something that sparks more than just an interest but even kind of like a question in somebody's mind which that is a very artsy way to answer the question but i'm stretching it <laughs> a little bit i'll give you permission to be artsy <laughs> yeah you, between the two of us you're the one who paints things <laughs> yeah <laughs> right no i uh i get that you know you're you're wanting to produce something that is meaningful mm-hmm. yeah that's a good thing so you know kind of speaking of meaning um what what like Pick three things in life here and now. You know, what would what would you say kind of gives you meaning or gives you purpose mm-hmm. in the here and now? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that the way that I spend my time, which usually is a career, you know, is is the first thing that I think of when I think of what makes my life meaningful, which I don't I don't like that that's the case because I don't think that my you know, my worth should come from my career. Um, But like being honest, I do think that that's the biggest part of where I feel useful is what I'm doing in in my life with my job and the people that I'm around. Um, And then that's kind of the second thing is like, who, who am I around? You know, like whether it's my family or Mm -hmm. even it's just my, you know, my husband and my baby, like those are still the people in my life, Mm -hmm. you know, on the day to day. So those are the people that I feel like, I'm supposed to be hopefully doing something in their lives and having some sort of purpose in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess the third one would be, I don't know, like what am I, what am I intentionally doing that is set out to glorify God? Because anything done with that intention is for sure going to be meaningful. Um, and I think that could you know, coexist with the other two things. Like if I'm being intentional at the workplace, if I'm being intentional with my family or my friends with, you know, 
with the way that I am and the way that I talk and the way that I love people, then that's, you know, that is to me like the most meaningful thing that a person can do because I think life is so much about relationships and that's, you know, that's what we're made up of is mm-hmm. people, unless, you know, we're isolated completely. <laughs> mm-hmm. But we're made up of, you know, relationships. And I think if we're not being intentional with those kinds of relationships, then then I don't know, then I don't feel like there's much meaning to that person's life, which is kind of a bold thing to say, but I think mm-hmm. it's true. Jesus was very relational. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say so. I would mm-hmm. say so. You mentioned something earlier that was interesting, and you know, you've probably heard of how, you know, take a a writer, you know, an author, um, they may tell you that there's something powerful and kind of putting their pen to paper. Mm-hmm. I guess nowadays, mm-hmm. clicking their keys on their keyboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, for anybody who's like journaled or ever written something down physically with a pen or a pencil to paper, you know, there is something powerful that happens there when you can kind of get whatever's in your mind, get it onto paper, mm-hmm. right? And so something you said earlier reminded me of that because um, you talked about art being an outlet, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm kind of curious about that too. You know, mm-hmm. how do you find it to be an outlet or mm-hmm. when is it an outlet and what does that look like? Mm-hmm. I think the ways that I enjoy it most is when it's something incredibly detailed because for me just like you know turning off my brain and then working on like a small section of a big painting or whatever it is like a big drawing or whatever mm-hmm. uh, and really focusing on the details and the motor skills like that's something I guess that's similar to music because there's not many things that I do in life where I'm fully honed in on one thing you know because your brain's distracted and whatever else um, and I think you know, when there's a really good song, like, that's where you're at, you know, same thing with, like, painting, when, when you're really in the zone, that's where you're at, it doesn't happen all the time, like, there's plenty of times where I'm completely distracted, and I don't, you know, I don't want to be painting what it is I'm painting for whatever reason, but, but when I'm in the zone, and I'm able to really focus on what I'm doing, that's where I feel like this is a good feeling, like, I'm, I don't know. The best way that I can describe it is like with music, you know, when you get like juice bumps because of like a certain riff or whatever it is, like Mm -hmm. it just feels good in your body. Like it's the Mm -hmm. same way with with painting, you know, Mm -hmm. when I'm in that zone. Okay, so another thing you said earlier that kind of caught my attention for a second was you talked about the whole gloomy, dark aspect of of your artwork. And what is up with that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Where does that come from? Yeah, I I think it comes from a an extreme lack of interest in like the generic things, I guess is a good way to put it. So, you know, landscaping and uh, portraits and whatever else, I feel like those are very popular things that people end up painting. And there's, this is like a side note, but there's a coffee shop in Modesto um, that has local artists up like every month. And every time I go in there, there's like a new display of people's work. And sometimes it's just like, some of it can be creative, but a lot of it is very, I don't know if this is me being judgy, but I feel like I feel like most people want to paint what's easy. And I think that just is like a, a level of comfort with, with where they're at and being willing to paint hard stuff. And not that hard stuff has to be like dark mm-hmm. and mysterious and gory even, but it's not, you know, like it's not normal. Like it's not something that you would maybe see in your brain right away and can just go off of what's in your brain. 
Um, but for me, I feel like it is a very, you know, it's interesting and it's beautiful. I feel like there's a there's a certain kind of beauty in things that just look creepy and dark. <laughs> I don't know why. I'll take but, your word for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think, more power to you. Right. And, is... and by the way, more power to the people who want to paint Yosemite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's great. For sure. We're not hating on you. No, no, no. All you local artists who <laughs> paint pictures of Yosemite and lakes. Yeah. I love the lake. Yes. Yeah. There. I mean, there's beauty in everything, and beauty's in the eye of the beholder, which is, you know, also another phrase that's very common, but I do think... If you find something beautiful, then that's what you should paint. If you find landscape, mm-hmm. Yosemite, beautiful, paint it. Mm-hmm. If you find, you know, dark cathedrals that are, like, caught on fire, <laughs> beautiful, whatever. If you find skulls, So is that your thing, dark cathedrals that are caught on fire? <laughs> yeah, I love cathedrals. I wish I could yeah, have for sure. more time to paint them. But Have you ever visited any cool cathedrals in person? Um. Yeah, I went to New York a few summers back, right before the pandemic hit and uh but there was a saint charles or something um cathedral in there and we walked inside and it's just i don't know architecture is like my other love i Mm. feel like that's you know there's there's true beauty in something that's tangibly in front of you you know that's like a mass in front of you Mm -hmm. it's good to hear kind of this behind the scenes of someone who does art who enjoys doing art and what i'm kind of picking up on is it kind of, correct me if I'm wrong, but it sort of sounds like it goes back to the intentionality piece. Mm-hmm. Like you want your artwork to be intentional, um, not just a quick picture of the lake, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. With detail. And cathedrals are like definitely detailed. Mm-hmm. It's not a quick thing, right? Interesting. Yeah. I appreciate your perspective. All right. So a couple more questions if you're okay with it. Um, I like to kind of play a word association game with people I talk to, kind of just get their thoughts, gut reaction to words. But, you know, for you, I'm just kind of curious, um, you know, when you hear each of these words, what would you paint? Mm-hmm. Make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. So let's let's do this. You ready? Mm-hmm. First word is love. <laughs> oh, man. The first thing that comes to my mind is like the dark side of love, which is kind of ironic, I guess. But like the, like the heartbreak side of love. Okay. Which I've painted some stuff. Okay. <laughs> regarding that before. Okay. <laughs> um, this is really gonna push your limits, mm. because you just answered the love question with the dark side of love. So oh, okay. I'm I'm really curious what you're gonna come up with now. Yeah. This word is joy. Hmm. What would you paint? that would display joy? I think that would be, that's kind of where like, you know, the simple kind of stuff comes in, which this is kind of a funny way to answer it, but um, I'm thinking of a painting right now that I'm trying to pitch for a paint party coming up um, and stuff that I think is cute and trendy is like plants, you know, like plants are, (laughs) plants bring out, I don't know, joy might be a stretch, but it's like a lighthearted, you know, like a fun thing. So I guess that's mm-hmm. kind of the first thing that comes to my mind. Okay. How about this? What painting comes to mind when you hear the word peace? Hmm. Um, so I guess something that's still, like a person that's still, I guess is kind of the first thing that comes to my mind. So I don't know whether it's like a, I don't know, like a, sli- I don't know. There's a lot of 
it's not Victorian, but there's an era where it's very almost like the cherub like kind of mm. kind of style of painting. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of like sleeping people or sculptures, you know, that are that are like either dead people, which I mean, not to, I'm genuinely not <laughs> trying to be intentionally morbid, <laughs> but you see pictures of you know sculptures that just have like that drape over them, and you see like the, the okay. handiwork in yeah. the sculpture of the drape, and it's just still, you know, yeah. so like peaceful. Yeah. How about grace? The first thing that comes to my mind is just like a like a headshot of Jesus, which is not what I would paint, but that's like the first thing that comes to my mind. All right, what would Chelsea paint to <laughs> to communicate grace. grace? Um, something that resembles some sort of light fixture, like a some sort of light, whether that's I don't know, like light rays in the midst of something. I don't know why. Okay, or that's just kind of I guess what I think of when I think of grace. Mm-hmm. Maybe what we should have done is we should have had you, you know, I give you these words and you could have just like painted them right here. Like, and <laughs> yeah. you could just show me in process what it would be yeah. like. Okay, last one. Um, again, like, what would you paint when you think of the word life? Hmm. I'm contradicting myself here. <laughs> Maybe some kind of nature scene, you know, some kind of, I don't know, something having to do with like outside and like greenery. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there would have to be some sort of like more of a subject to it than just that. But yeah, something mm-hmm. something with greenery, mm-hmm. living living biology. There you go. <laughs> Maybe that would be your one sole, only one, you know, picture of a lake with trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I just have to really tweak it and make it genuine and unique. There could be a storm cloud in the distance. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right, the, the darkness is coming. <laughs> yeah. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for taking the time to kind of just talk us through what it's like to, you know, kind of interpret the world through your art, um, to use art as an outlet, um, you know, putting putting the brush to the canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do appreciate your time. You mentioned paint parties. So if someone in the Central Valley of California wants to... Um, to book you for a cheery and bright and joyful painting. <laughs> yeah, I do those. Yeah. Um, how can they get a hold of you? How can they find you to get in contact? Mm-hmm. I have a business account on Instagram called A Place for the Arts, um, at A Place for the Arts. Um, and that's where I, you know, post a lot of my stuff for upcoming parties. And you can message me on there or you can. Uh, you know, email me. For sure, we can put that in the comment section or in the notes mm-hmm. for the for the podcast. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I truly hope that your life will continue to be filled full with love and joy as you get to know true grace and peace up close. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you enjoyed listening in on this conversation, you can stay up to date and find out when episodes are released twice a month by following the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you hear, tell someone about it. Help me spread the word. You can also find me online and contact me by visiting themomentsbeforedeath.com. Thanks for listening.